2: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. sports grid.
1: Get on the grid. Good
3: morning. Wake up. The morning line.
2: Line up, ladies.
3: All right, here we go. Welcome in. It is now Wednesday, November the 20th, 2019. It is time you to get on the grid here sportsgrid.com I'm Joe Ranieri it is the morning line we will go ahead get you caught up with just about everything you need to know that happened overnight in the world of sports not to mention we'll take a look ahead at another loaded day for us for the sports investors one that will include 39 college basketball games 11 NBA games two NHL games and of course, that pair of college football games to choose from. Those college football games also in the MAC conference, which delivered exactly what we thought it would deliver again last night, which was absolute craziness, scoring, scoring, more scoring, and complete opposites of halves. And uh, we had told you yesterday, of course, in the MAC conference. It's always fun with these Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night games to whatever it is that you see in the first half. Yeah, it's probably going to be the complete opposite in the second half. And that's pretty much what we got again last night. We'll go over those games, not to mention we'll take a look at some of the 57 games scheduled in college football as week 13 is almost upon us here in the college football season. It did kick off last night with Eastern Michigan and Northern Illinois, along with Ohio and Bowling Green. I know you were glued to the television set last night, but there are a number of games here coming up on Saturday in that 57 game schedule that we're starting to get to the nitty gritty here, the final three weeks of the season. Of course, the committee last night, came out with their rundown of who's who who is uh, who is worthy of the top four in the uh, in the committee rankings as far as the playoffs go who will they choose who will eventually win out the good news is with these uh, with the rankings last night that came out nothing absolutely nothing has changed. Uh, the exact same thing that we had last week is exactly what we have, at least at the top of the board. Your uh, number one team, LSU, as usual, uh, they won, although they gave up an awful lot of uh, points there uh, to uh, to Mississippi State. A uh, bit of a head scratcher there, but they did end up winning 10-0. and Number two, Ohio State, who was gracious enough to let Rutgers feel like they were at least making some progress in their football program. Allowed them to score 21 points. You got number three, Clemson. Uh, Clemson continues to beat up the JV squads in the ACC, uh, which is great. Uh, Somebody brought this up to me yesterday, too. Exactly what is the Orange Bowl going to do when Clemson is obviously, in all likelihood, going to the college football playoff? The Orange Bowl is all about the ACC getting, uh, you know, at least one of the uh, better teams in the ACC. And prior to this year... Yeah, we would often see a team like Clemson in, you know, Miami. We'd get somebody that was having a really, really good year, Florida State, somebody in the ACC to take on the Big 12. And I'm not worried about the Big 12. They've got some teams that will have a good time in the Orange Bowl. But my word, the Orange Bowl committee has got to be pulling out their hair going, what the hell is left in the ACC? It's Clemson. And congratulations, Boston College, like Wake Forest, Louis, like what in the hell? The ACC just absolutely abysmal this year. But the leader of the pack there, Clemson at 11-0, the number three team. Number four, Georgia. I don't think Georgia did anything, of course, uh, outside of going on the road and beating Auburn coming off a bye. So congratulations to Georgia. They stayed the same, and there it is. There's what people are going to get all bent out of shape about. Alabama sit at number five. Oregon coming in at number six. You got Utah, number seven. Penn State moved up a couple of slots there to uh, number eight. And Oklahoma actually moved up one spot to number nine. And I think maybe those are the two biggest complaints that we are hearing this morning. About the committee, uh, not much you can say about the top half, but the bottom half, people are wondering why did OU go from number ten beat a undefeated Baylor team in the manner in which they beat them too. By the way, coming back like that on the road and they only moved up one spot, and that was the uh, of course OU fans are going to be screaming and yelling. Uh, but then again, don't go losing to Kansas State on the road, and you won't have this problem. And number ten. The Minnesota Golden Gophers 9 and 1. Of course they could not get the job done against Iowa on the road, but they are still 9 and 1. They are still in all likelihood unless something dramatic happens here over the last couple of weeks, they are still going to take on in all likelihood the Ohio State Buckeyes for the Big 10 championship in the Big 10 game. So, uh, Minnesota has a slight uh, chance there, but really people are going to go Alabama's still alive and even though they've lost Tua. And that, as the argument for some people here this morning, is why is Alabama still, even though they lost two or why, you can't, you can't leave Alabama in the top five or six when they don't, when they lost their quarterback. Yeah, yeah, you can. They'll be just fine. And again, all of these teams control their own destiny for the most part. You know, LSU and Georgia at some point are going to have to play for the SEC title. Ohio State has got a couple of big games still left on the schedule, so they got to prove their worth. Clemson, I don't know what to say about Clemson. Like Clemson's just—it's—it's uh, it's not just that they are beating people because the competition is less than stellar this year in the ACC. It's how they're beating people. And while nobody is talking about Clemson, it's just kind of a foregone conclusion. <laughs> Guys, Clemson is beating people by 30 points. They are dropping 50 burgers on everybody they play, no matter what. They are playing some of the best football in the country, and nobody's talking about them. They just assume they're going to be there, and they will be when it's all said and done. All right, we'll take a look at uh, some of the headlines from around the world next. Morning line.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals.
3: All right, so we had the return of Carmelo Anthony to the association last night. We finally got a chance to see Melo in a Portland Trail Blazers uniform. Took the court, and we—it's uh, been a while, it's been uh, over a year since we had see uh, Melo there shooting basketballs in a real live game. How did he do? We'll let you hear for. Uh, we'll let you hear it. We'll break down the numbers especially for those of you that are mellow fans, Nick fans. Uh, you guys uh, certainly have a little soft spot in your heart for Carmelo Anthony. Uh, Q's fans, you should. Uh, you know, well, let's face it, one of the all-time uh, greats just kind of stuck with the New York Knicks for most of his career, unfortunately. A bit of a head case. But, hey, not his fault the game changed around him, and Steph Curry uh, made him obsolete. Yeah, I did say it. Uh, but doesn't mean there's not a spot for him on an NBA roster. And it began last night in Portland, but I did want to just go ahead and let you guys know, this is very interesting stuff here, guys. Uh, this weekend is one of in college football, uh, it's going to be, uh, if you're in Ohio and more importantly, if you're in Columbus, Ohio this weekend, if you are uh, Ohio state taking on uh, Penn state, which is of course a monster big 10 matchup. Um, Everybody in the media world will actually, who covers college football that's worth them anything, they will be there. And there is a giant battle going on in Columbus, Ohio right now. Because if you are an Ohio State Buckeye fan, and heck, if you're a Penn State fan and you're descending upon Columbus, where are you going to go and tailgate? And the reason I say this is because not only has... College game day of ESPN decided they are going to house their crew, Kurt Street and company. They're going to house that crew out there, out in front of, uh, you know, the stadium. Uh, but you also have a Big Ten network. The Big Ten network absolutely will be in the parking lot somewhere getting ready to go to cover the game. And then there's Fox Sports and Fox Sports College crew will be there in that parking lot, tailgating. And you might say, all right, so, you know, what's the big deal? Well, it's interesting. There is a new member on the uh, Fox Sports College Game Day crew. You guys know who that is? Yeah, Urban Meyer. So, Urban Meyer will be coming back to Ohio State in Columbus. All right, you ready for this? And already the petitions are circulating to boycott the ESPN Game Day that uh, they are doing everything Ohio State fans. And if there's one thing we've learned about Ohio State fans, they are, if nothing else, they are extremely loyal folks. They, uh, in the face of all adversity, it doesn't make a difference, right or wrong. They are going to back their their scarlet here. They are going to back Ohio State Buckeyes. And there's a couple of things in play here to keep an eye on, which is going to be, which I think is pretty funny. Number one. Most people in Ohio and Michigan and in the Big Ten feel that ESPN is just a total shill for the SEC and that Ohio and that ESPN does nothing but cater to the uh, SEC teams. It's Alabama. It's LSU. Uh, They don't feel that uh, Ohio gets any love or the Big Ten gets any love from the uh, from uh, from the ESPN crew that outside of Kurt Herbstreet, who actually played at Ohio State. Yeah, no, they don't. They think uh, the rumor is that they are going to be doing everything in their power to make sure that nobody goes to that college game day tailgate party. However, I can assure you it is going to be total pandemonium on the Fox Sports side when Urban Meyer shows up on set at Ohio State. I don't even know how it is they're going to fit all the people behind this crew that goes there. And it's going to be a lot of fun, but it's gaining some momentum, too. It's already being shared, and it's being, uh, it's, it's going viral now that uh, the boycott of the ESPN game day crew there, everybody will be going to the Fox Sports side. And I'm wondering what side of the stadium and what side they're going to be on. It'll be very, very interesting to see how this plays out, and more interesting to see how the signs are. But there is. Uh, you got to love Ohio State football. The fact that Urban Meyer is going to be on the other parking lot and the other side, it's going to be craziness this weekend, and it's going to start with the tailgating parties in both sides of the stadium. Who shows up for ESPN? And don't forget the poor Big Ten Network's like, hey, listen, we're still here too. We're in there if you want to come and hang out with us. But I can assure you the Urban Meyer presence at Ohio State on that uh, on that Fox broadcast is going to be, Total craziness. They are worth tuning in a few uh, extra minutes early to see what's going on. And I do believe they start at 10 a.m. Outside the uh, southeast entrance to the Ohio Stadium. So get ready for craziness. It's going to be, you got to love college football this time of year. Weather's starting to turn. Thanksgiving just around the corner. And yeah, week 13 of the college football season is now upon us. But we did mention, of course, earlier that Mello, Mello returned to the NBA last. Another big storyline. What were we going to get from Mello? Well, I think we got exactly what we all thought we were going to get, or at at least we should have expected this from Carmelo Anthony. And he said it was a long night for him. He spoke to his teammate, his brother Chris Paul, that night as they were teammates, and it was a tough night for him. It took him a lot of time to detach from it to get back to this point right here. There he is, stepping up and knocking down a triple. We mentioned at the top over 1,200 three-pointers knocked down in his career. Yeah, he uh, he did hit a couple of uh, three-pointers. In fact, it was uh, it's been over 370 days since Carmelo Anthony was last seen on an NBA floor and really it was people were wondering what in the hell are we going to get from Carmelo Anthony what is he going to be like well he looked like Carmelo Anthony and he looked like a guy that also has not played an NBA game in 370 days so while he did make a couple of shots he played 24 minutes he went 4 of 14 from the field he did have uh, two of uh, two hit two of his uh, three Three-pointers there from deep, and uh, he finished with 10 points. Uh, How cool is that, right? The problem is the naysayers here are going to say, so he got a measly 10 points. He was 4-14 from shooting. He did have five turnovers, and also he had five fouls in that uh, 24 minutes. He was also a team worst minus 20 while he was on the court. And for those of you who don't know, that means uh, while he in his 24 minutes was on the court, the Portland Trail Blazers were outscored by 20 points in uh, in his time on the court. But I can tell you this, from what it looked like is he looked like a dude who has not played in over a year in a game. I mean, I, I got to imagine, guys, it's a little different going from a gym you know, practicing in a gym somewhere here, you know, hitting bombs in threes and then just dropping them inside an NBA game and all you had was like the shoot around to get going, it's going to take him a little time. And remember, January 7th is the waiver date. So they are, Portland, it looked to me like was ready to do whatever they had to do to get him ready to go. So they allowed him 24 minutes on the field, on the court rather. To get ready and do this, I you know, Portland's not stupid. They realize that it's going to take him a little while to get into NBA basketball game shape. He's in gym shape, you know, he's at the YMCA shape, but he's not in the NBA shape. And they uh, didn't have a problem leaving him out there because quite honestly, they are so banged up. Damian Lillard's out. They are a mass unit. They are a mess and they need.
2: SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals.
3: All right, welcome back into the morning line on The Grid, SportsGrid.com. Also, those of you joining us, uh, Pluto TV. Welcome in. All 20 million of you here on a Wednesday morning, November the 20th. Crazy to believe that. Also, want to invite you guys to find us on YouTube. Subscribe to SportsGrid Network. You get all the fantasy and sports wagering advice, knowledge you need all the time. Also on Instagram at SportsGrid TV and uh, plenty of action we told you again tonight on the sports investing card and you can get in the game with a DraftKings sportsbook account right now because if you're watching this listeners of the show viewers of the show you guys can get a deposit bonus of up to 500 bucks here's how it works you create a DraftKings sportsbook account you make a deposit and then you place your first bet DraftKings matches it with a 50% bonus up to $500 now the offer Eligible for all users plus new users. You guys get a risk-free bet of up to 200 bucks. All you have to do is head over to sportsgrid.com forward slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com forward slash DK. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply check out the website for details. So apologize for the uh, technical uh, difficulties we had there, but, uh, you know, technology is always wonderful when it works. Uh, that's when it doesn't work. That uh, drives us all crazy. Uh, but what I was saying and uh, what you might have missed was ultimately Carmelo's opening night in the NBA with the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, he basically looked like a dude who hasn't played in 370 days in the NBA. But at the same time, They are so beat up. They are so bad, Portland, right now. Damian Lillard out, everybody. Uh, Nurkic is nowhere to coming back. Collins is gone. I mean, they've they've lost just about everybody they thought they would have outside of C.J. McCollum, and, you know, there's only so much he can do. The good news is Terry Stotts and the Portland Trailblazers, you know, expectations, guys. They have until January 7th to make the decision on Carmelo. Right now he's getting a game check. Um, of about $15,000 a game, I believe. He's uh, He's got a base salary of $2.159 million. That will become fully guaranteed if they, in fact, make it to January 7th and want to keep him on the team. Other than that, there's no guarantee. There's no real risk. They'll pay him as they play him. And that's basically the deal for him. And I do think it's going to take him a 30 days to be able to get back into game shape. But he does have some touch on the outside. They do play a lot of isolation basketball, which kind of fits into his game. But five turnovers, five fouls, minus 20 while he was on the court is, you know, that's. But again, like CJ McCollum said after the game, it wasn't Carmelo's fault that we lost this game. And, And he's absolutely correct. It was not. But they will give as much time to Carmelo Anthony as they can in order to make sure as long as he can stay healthy. Uh, he'll get about that 20, 25 minutes a game, I think, and they'll allow him to build up that stamina. It's one thing to be, you know, YMCA intramural ready. It's a whole nother thing to be dropped into the middle of a NBA game here a month into the season uh, and not having played outside of a shoot around there uh, prior to that game. So Portland, and this might come to a shock, lost to the uh, New Orleans Pelicans 115-104 last night. But get ready. Carmelo is back and he's actually he was actually pretty good uh, last night uh, in spurts. And that's really what more can you ask for a team that has nobody healthy on it? He is a body and hopefully he'll be able to help them down the road. Uh, A couple of other interesting headline stories from around the world of sports. Guys, how about Antonio Brown sucking up? I don't know if you guys had a chance to see this on uh, social media yesterday. But it appears that Antonio Brown, uh, once again, much like Carmelo Anthony, has come to the realization that, yeah, the NFL will be just fine without you. Uh, But that's not exactly what Antonio Brown thought a couple of months back, actually all year. He was always under the assumption that he doesn't need football. He don't need the NFL. The NFL need me. Um, And I was quoting that. Yeah, no, no, they don't. And I think it's finally starting to hit home here because AB hit uh, Twitter yesterday and uh, put a picture of him and um, Tom Terrific there. Yep. And sends out an apology to Mr. Robert Kraft saying, Mr. Kraft, I apologize sincerely to you and your organization. Exclamation point. All I wanted uh, to be was an asset to the organization. Semicolon. Sorry for the bad media and the drama, exclamation point. Thank you, Sincerely, A.B. So something tells me this wasn't necessarily uh, written by A.B., uh, probably somebody in A.B.'s camp, uh, because I'm fairly certain A.B. doesn't understand the concept of a semicolon. Uh, But that person did a very good job of trying to uh, play themselves off as A.B. But the truth is... He is sucking up here, people, and he is sucking up because he realizes that once he threw Kraft under the bus and and files a grievance and everything else going on there, yeah, the chance of him, he knows New England could use him. New England knows they could use him, and the rumors have been now over the last uh, month since he left that there's a, uh, would Tom Brady take him back? Absolutely. Would Belichick? Yeah, probably, because they want to win football games. Although they are 9-1, and one, but they realize they need somebody who can stretch the field. So, Mr. Kraft, yeah, he don't take too kindly to bringing up his uh, massage etiquette, uh, which, of course, uh, A.B. did on numerous occasions there, throwing him under the bus. So, if he can get Mr. Kraft, good old Robert Kraft, if he can get him to get a soft spot, maybe accept his apology, then maybe, just maybe, A.B. will be allowed well, not be allowed, but maybe he'll bring him back since, you know, you got to pay him anyway. At least that's what A.B. wrote a couple of weeks ago. And there are sources that are leaking out that he also remains very hopeful that the NFL will go ahead, finish their investigation into him, which they have done, obviously, a whole bunch of stuff there for uh, a lot of uh, women accusing him, pointing fingers at him. And so... Even if a team signed him, there wasn't any guarantee, of course, that he was going to be eligible to play. Nobody knew what Roger Goodell was going to do. But, you know, lost in that headlines of Miles Garrett, uh, you know, going, uh, going crazy and Colin Kaepernick showing up, not showing up. He did have an interview this past week with the NFL and Roger Goodell. So I don't know if you guys, it's so funny, it got buried this week. Because of all the other non-football-related issue stuff, with Miles Garrett suspensions and the dog-and-pony show with Colin Kaepernick, and yeah, meanwhile, quietly—and this is the first time I think I'd ever used the word "quietly" with uh, with Antonio Brown—but quietly, he met with the NFL. He had his interview, and apparently, he remains very hopeful that a decision is going to be made rather quickly here. Uh, before the end of the month, which of course is is really the deadline here for something to happen. there is a, a sense of optimism in the AB camp from what we hear that he will in fact be cleared to return to the NFL before the regular season ends. Now he is a free agent he can sign with any team at any time right now. So he would, is it safe to say, would still provide a lift on the field, even though he's a total head case. Would he provide help on the field? Absolutely. Would he? Would a team take a chance on him? Uh, I don't think they're going to take a chance on him until the NFL comes out and says, "We've done our investigation. He is cleared to play. He is good to go." We'll let uh, we'll let everything else uh, play out in the courts. That kind of situation. Uh, if he is actually cleared before the end of the month, um, he would certainly be a compelling option for teams like. The New England Patriots, mostly the New England Patriots, because he's already been there. Uh, Obviously, it didn't take him that one game. We watched him with Tom Brady. It didn't take him too long to get acclimated to the uh, to the system there, did it? Uh, As far as the system, the X's and O's, uh, they were able to get him going. Uh, The first the first step in him getting back is obviously doing the interview and getting cleared, which he appears to be on his way. At least that's all reports. The second hurdle for him. New England is your best shot, uh, without a doubt. He knows it now, and that's why he is sucking up to Robert Kraft on social media. Kraft's the one that's got to make the decision. Brady wants him back. Brady's already been on record saying he can stay with me. Brady wants him back. Belichick is about winning. Say what you want about Belichick, but he is about winning football games above all else. So he will tolerate, you know, after all, this is a guy that, you know, Coach Lawrence Taylor here. He, uh, not exactly the uh, the greatest of individuals, a uh, bit of a liability, shall we say? Uh, he knows it, but that's fine. He's worth the liability at this point in the season if they can win football games and make it to another Super Bowl. They've got the defense, but I think the biggest question mark surrounding New England is that offense. Tom Brady knows it, we know it, you know it, they know it, A. B. knows it. So if he can. Get Mr. Kraft there to uh, to soften up a little bit and go, because eh. Mr. Kraft is apparently the one that kiboshed the whole idea of ever bringing A.B. back to New England. But the potential of having an Antonio Brown available for a playoff run. Um, yeah. Oh, and, and by the way, do you really want Antonio Brown signed by, oh, I don't know, Baltimore, Kansas City? Yeah. So, if New England, for not nothing else, New England is a absolute possibility here because they don't want him going to a competitor. They don't want him going someplace else. There, him being a free agent, that opens up a lot of doors there. Because if he gets cleared, then why not? You know why? You got if you're a team, you're not going to sign him long term. Give him a shot for the next couple of months. Take him into January with you. If he can help win some games, it's kind of a redemption tour from him. Yeah, you got to roll the dice because at any moment he could actually blow up and, uh, you know, go on social media and it all all hell could break loose. But the truth is he brings enough to the table right now to make teams better with him than without him. So he is right partially. There are teams that could absolutely use Antonio Brown on the roster in December and January whether or not that happens depends on Robert Kraft I think interesting we'll see how that goes all right we'll take a look at the lines coming up here tonight it's gonna be a lot of fun it's loaded coming up next here the morning line sports grid All right, get ready. It is, I can't believe it. It is Wednesday, November the 20th. Thanksgiving just around the corner. Of course, we've got Thanksgiving games. It's always good, which is always fun. Getting ready for week 13. It's already kicked off in the college football season, another monster weekend here, but started last night. A little Mac action football, more Mac action football here tonight. Toledo Rockets taking on Buffalo to Bulls, and the Akron Zips trying to do something no other team has done in the history of college football. They're taking on Miami of Ohio, the Falcons. So will the Zips be able to do or the Red Hawks rather? I'm sorry. Will the Akron Zips? Not even sure what a zip is. Anybody ever figure that out? Like the Akron Zips? Don't. Not sure what a zip is or what a zip does, but I can tell you what uh, what it doesn't do. Uh, it doesn't cover football games, uh, which is exactly what the Akron Zips do very well, in a 0 and 10 record and an 0 and 10 record against the spread. Actually, we've never seen this uh, before to start a season here. This was accomplished last week when they went into their Tuesday night or Wednesday night game last week. And we had told you that they were 0-9 and nobody had ever gone 0-10 to start the season and not cover at least one game. They have covered. Now, to their credit, let's get the story straight here. To their credit, they did cover at least one half once this year. So there is that. They did actually cover one half, uh, but that was um, that was about it. So they are right now in a situation where we have uh, never seen. We're kind of in uncharted territory here. It is all theirs. Their path to infamy lies with the Akron Zips. 0-10 on the year. 0-10, first team ever to start the year. 0-10, at least since, I would say, 2005, since we started counting these types of things. As you can imagine, the line tonight for this game is not favorable to uh, the Akron Zips at all in any fact. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm looking right now at about 65% of the tickets being written on, well, not not them, Miami of Ohio. And that's uh, good for about 73% of the money on the Redhawks. So the Redhawks getting a majority of the tickets, majority of the money. They're also a majority (laughs) favorite in this game of minus 31. So you've got the uh, Red Hawks laying 31 points. You have a total of, guys, and this is the kicker. You've got a total of 42. So if my math is correct, 32. They do think that Akron will at least score a touchdown. One touchdown but with a total of 42 and a spread of minus 31 do the math guys it's you're gonna need miami of ohio to do a pretty good job of scoring themselves at least 31 35 38 points on the board the question is can akron add enough to be able to hit the over and the bigger question is can they do enough to actually stay within 31 points of Miami of Ohio. Well, they haven't exactly been uh, been playing some great football as of late. Uh, this is going to be, I uh, I had a projection on this game here with the power rankings. My power rankings had this as a 28-point favorite, being the Red Hawks, Miami of Ohio. Now, it is 31, so there's a little bit of value there. If you are just looking at what we tell you, and we tell you this a lot, right? The only rule of thumb is you're not betting teams. You're betting numbers. So from a number perspective, I can tell you that my my power rankings and my numbers are very similar to some of the other power rankings and numbers that uh, from guys that are very well respected, guys that I uh, know and trust around the sports handicapping universe and I can tell you there is some value here with Akron and I know you'll have to put that money down hold your nose and just go I can't watch this but again keeping with what we tell you what kind of hypocrites would we be if we uh if we didn't follow our own advice and the advice is I don't care what the name of the jersey is the only thing I care about Am I getting a the good number? Am I getting the best number? Am I putting myself in a position here, from a number standpoint, of being able to profit? And the reality is, guys, as bad as this is, this number is inflated because of their 0 10 historical record of not covering spreads. That's what this is. Again, keep in mind, and this is a uh, This is another uh, good gambling you here. Sportsbooks. When it comes to bad teams, especially when you get to this point in the season, books are going to inflate numbers based upon what they know the betting public is going to perceive a team. So they already knew when making this line, they had already known, guys, that the public, the uh, recreational better would look at a 0 and 10 Akron team and be like, oh, this is going to be terrible. They are going to hear how they have not covered a game. They are going to go ahead and put out an inflated number. Why? Because they know what's going to happen. They know the public is going to continue to hammer it. Right up until game time, they are going to back the opposing team because there's no way Akron is going to be able to score enough points to be able to keep this game close, especially coming off a night where we just watched two other MAC teams go over their numbers. Well over their numbers. I mean, hell, there was a game last night, guys. Northern Illinois. Did you guys see that game? Uh, there was a game last night where it had, at one point, the in-game live number on that matchup last night, which was hysterical, Bowling Green uh, and NIU. The uh, the number on that game, guys, in-game, was over or under 98. That's how many points were scored in this game last night. That's what the game was writing. and that was in the second half. That was in the second half, about the, four, the start of the fourth quarter. You could have hopped on over under 98 points in a game. So you know the perception is that they are not going to be able, they are certainly not going to be able to cover this game, score enough points. So if you know that and you're a sports book, think about it from that perspective. You'll probably inflate the line a little bit, won't you? Because you already know that the public's never going to bet the other way. They're never going to put faith or money towards Akron. So you have an opportunity, especially this time of year, to back bad teams and to make money. And that's really what it comes down to, guys. You have to be able to stomach the idea of backing teams like Akron in spots like this because the lines, the numbers are in your favor. And that's what you're getting a lot of right now across the board. Keep that in mind here at the tail end of the season. And this is a good reminder all throughout the sports universe. There is perception and there is reality. The sports books know better than anybody what the perception of a team is. And when they create these lines, they are going to go ahead and shade those lines to what the perception of that team is. And that's exactly what you have in a game like this tonight. You have a team that is setting records (laughs) 0-10, can't score points, can't stop anybody. But even the worst of the worst on any given day, you guys know this, a team can be beaten, even a team like the Akron Zips. Still don't know what a zip is, don't know, just know that. That 31 number is inflated, and there is value backing the Akron Zips tonight. But you got to understand it's inflated because the books, they're going to look at bad teams, and they're going to look at them and say, you know what? The public's going to – they're going to go the other way. They are going to fade bad teams. You have another situation like that in the NFL this weekend, guys. Perception reality. You have a game where two teams – Where the public feels one team is really good and the other team is really bad. But the numbers say, "Eh, yeah, I don't think so. And those numbers surround the Oakland Raiders going on the road to take on the New York Jets. And I mention this because the Raiders... Came into this game opening up as the three point favorite. Now, wait a minute. What do you, what they're, you know, they're, they're six and four, aren't they? I mean, they're, they're only one game behind Kansas City. They're in for a playoff hunt. The Jets are atrocious. Yes. 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 All of that is true on the surface. But when you dive into the numbers, guys, the big telling point of a team to fade, even a bad team, right? The big telling point, of course, is look at the point differential of teams because that'll tell you who has just had a bunch of bad luck who has been in it to win it you know a a three-win team could very well be a six-win team but a six-win team could oftentimes be a three-win team but the perception of the oakland raiders is that they are a really good playoff contending six and four team in the afc west the numbers yeah, they don't—they uh, don't bear out, guys. The Oakland Raiders—they have scored 225 points so far this year. You know how many points they've allowed? 250. They have a negative 25 point differential, and guys, that is a classic case of perception versus reality. That is also a classic case of forget the names, your betting numbers. And forget that it's the Raiders. Forget that it's Gruden. Okay. Forget that it's a six and four team here that's vying for a chance at the playoffs and the Jets are miserable. It's Adam Gitt. None of that matters. What matters is you have a way overvalued team on the road as a favorite where they should not be. So when we talk about finding value, the New York Jets. Have all the value here this weekend? So you've got two bad teams. That the truth is, because of the books' perception, understanding the perception of both these teams to the public, they have given you the opportunity to profit this week and gain an edge. And after all, isn't that what we're doing? We're always looking for an edge. When any time that we want to plop our money down, guys, we go to the counter, we hit send. That's you know, that's our money we're sending and. If you are making bets without understanding or having an edge, stop doing that. Please stop doing that and keep it tuned here to us at SportsGrid.com. So you are going to have to stomach betting on bad teams, especially this time of year, even when you don't want to. And heck, nobody's saying that you're going to win all the time. But the whole point is it's a marathon, not a sprint. You have to put yourself. In a position to profit long term. And how do you do that? By betting the right numbers. By betting the numbers. And right now, the Akron Zips tonight, they have value at 31 points with a total of only 42. And the New York Jets, terrible team at home with the Raiders, great team, six and four. Mm. The numbers say otherwise. The Raiders could very well be the luckiest team in the NFL this season that eventually guys evens itself out in a 17 week season and that leveling of the playing field it might be happening this Sunday at MetLife Stadium against the New York Jets so there it is guys don't be afraid to bet bad teams when the value and the numbers say you should you're not betting teams you're not betting names you're betting numbers And we'll take a look at all those numbers uh, coming up here on the grid. Make it rain. Dave Martinez will join me. We'll dive into a lot of the market line movement, college football, NFL. We'll talk about it coming up here. Good luck. SportsGrid.com.
2: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I overslept. Look,
3: I need your help. Here's what you missed on the morning line. Go! The Orange ball committee's got to be pulling out the hair going, what the hell is left in the ACC? It's Clemson. And congratulations, Boston College, like Wake Forest, Louis, like what in the hell? The ACC just absolutely abysmal this year. But the leader of the pack there, Clemson at 11-0, and the number three team. Number four, Georgia. I don't think Georgia did anything, of course, uh, outside of going on the road and beating Auburn coming off a bye. So congratulations to Georgia. They stayed the same. And there it is. There's what people are going to get all bent out of shape about. Alabama sit at number five. Oregon coming in at number six. You got Utah number seven. Penn State moved up a couple of slots there to uh, number eight. And Oklahoma actually moved up one spot to number nine. And I think maybe those are the two biggest complaints that we are hearing this morning. About the committee, uh, not much you can say about the top half, but the bottom half, people are wondering, why did OU go from number 10, beat a undefeated Baylor team, in the manner in which they beat them too, by the way, coming back like that, on the road, and they only moved up one spot. And that was the, uh, of course, OU fans are going to be screaming and yelling, uh, but then again, don't go losing to Kansas State on the road, and you won't have this problem. And number 10, the Minnesota golden gophers nine and one of course they could not get the job done against iowa on the road but they are still nine and one they are still in all likelihood unless something dramatic happens here over the last couple of weeks they are still going to take on in all likelihood the ohio state buckeyes for the big 10 championship in the big 10 game so uh minnesota has a slight uh, chance there but really people are going to go alabama's still alive and even though they've lost tua And that as the argument for some people here this morning is why is Alabama still, even though they lost two or why, you can't, you can't leave Alabama in the top five or six when they don't, when they lost their quarterback. Yeah, yeah, you can. They'll be just fine. And again, all of these teams control their own destiny for the most part. You know, LSU and Georgia at some point are going to have to play for the SEC title. Ohio State has got a couple of big games still left on the schedule. So they got to prove their worth. Clemson, I don't know what to say about Clemson. Like, Clemson's just, uh, it, it's its not just that they are beating people because the competition is less than stellar this year in the ACC. It's how they're beating people. And while nobody is talking about Clemson, it's just kind of a foregone conclusion. Clemson is beating people by 30 points. They are dropping 50 burgers on everybody they play no matter what. They are playing some of the best football in the country and nobody's talking about them. They just assume they're going to be there and they will be when it's all said and done.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer, Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever.